Hi, welcome to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. Hey gang, remember those days back in junior high school, or maybe even high school, when it was time to go on a class trip? Yeah. Well, we had a few of them. Some of them were more memorable than others. And we also had a few doozies that will forever live on in our collective consciousness. There was one time when we had a bunch of us who formed a local history club. We wanted to explore the various stories and sagas of our hometown, Linden, New Jersey. And so we found a couple of teachers who agreed to serve as the faculty sponsors for our club, and it sort of took off from there. We began haunting the local library to see if we could dig up some dirt on long-forgotten places and faces from a hundred years ago. Like, for example, we discovered that once upon a time, long, long ago, Well before the waters around Staten Island had become polluted with the byproducts of industries like Standard Oil, there once was a thriving little tourist spot in town where people went to swim. It was somewhere around Tremley Point, close to where the oil companies now have their acres and acres of gasoline storage tanks. But apparently, this area used to be a prime swimming hole. And according to legend, back in those early days, it even had a boardwalk. Whoa. Well, one day, we managed to persuade our faculty sponsors to take us on a field trip to check out this new bit of information. Of course, school budgets being rather tight, we couldn't afford a school bus to take us there. So we all piled into a couple of cars, driven by our teachers, of course, and drove down to Tremley Point to see what we could see. We had high hopes of perhaps discovering some old, rotting pieces of wood that might confirm this story of the long-lost boardwalk. But all we found were some modern-day private docks for small fishing boats, right there at the edge of the Arthur Kill waterway, directly across from Staten Island. So as field trips go, this one turned out to be a real bust. We were there, surrounded by Exxon oil tanks, polluted seawater, Flocks of seagulls, old dilapidated wooden shacks, etc. And we all wondered, how in the world could this area have possibly been a tourist hotspot? It was pretty disappointing, and rather disgusting to say the least. It certainly wasn't on par with Asbury Park or Point Pleasant, I can tell you that much. Months later, another history field trip took place, but this time it was actually organized by the school's history department. The destination was Morristown, New Jersey, where in the days of the Revolutionary War, George Washington's army camped out at a place called Jockey Hollow. And yes, thanks to the large number of students participating, this time we all went down there in a real live school bus. So we toured the primitive log cabins where Washington's men stayed during the cold winter of 1779. And one thing we learned that day was how short the people were in the colonial period. I tell you, not only were the ceilings quite low inside, but for those of us modern day students who are six footers, the small doorways were perfectly constructed to give you a pretty big goose egg on your noggin if you weren't paying attention and forgot to duck when you stepped inside the log cabin. Oh, and the other big thing that happened that day was when a couple of us were clowning around, and my friend Harry decided to stick his foot into one of those big old iron cannons that were situated there on the premises for historical purposes. 
Harry, of course, overestimated the size of the opening at the mouth of the cannon and wound up getting his shoe stuck in the cannon. Since we didn't have any big muscular jocks with us on that trip, it actually took quite a few of us to lift him up and carefully extract his foot from the cannon. The next year we had another field trip, this time as organized by the Spanish language department. The destination was New York City, where a multi-stop museum tour was arranged. The theme, of course, was Spanish artwork. We were there to visit a number of museums where the great masters of Spanish painting were on display at that time. You know, like the Guggenheim, the Frick Museum, the Cloisters, and others. All our Spanish teachers were there, of course, to make sure that us kids would stay in line and behave ourselves. But that didn't prevent us from fooling around and generally acting silly like adolescents often do. As I recall, a very tall guy from our class named Derek saw some empty granite pedestals at one museum and decided to try them out, standing there and pretending to be a statue of a Greek god or something like that. In his various dramatic poses, thanks to his enormous 6 foot 9 inch height, he made quite a powerful impression. Up until the point that a teacher came by and dragged him off his pedestal so that they could all rejoin the tour group. <laughs> hey. And at the end of the day, we got on the bus one last time and traveled to some intimate restaurant on the Upper West Side, where we were all treated to a magnificent feast of Spanish entrees. Yum. Our table had a huge bowl of paella sitting in the center, family style, so we could all help ourselves to this traditional rice and seafood dish. Of course, being the wiseacre that I was, just short of being a class clown, but almost there, I just had to make some weird comments about the ingredients of the paella. When I learned that it included common seafood fare like clams, mussels, and lobster, I managed to gross out the other members of my table by claiming that I saw some enormous eyeballs staring up at me from one of the clamshells. <laughs> Personally, I don't think they ever forgave me for ruining their dinner that night. You better believe it. And now we move on to the final destination in our saga of unforgettable class trips. There was the time that our junior high school decided to take one big day-long trip to Washington, D.C. Now, in order for us to get there from Linden, New Jersey, we were all brought down to the little Pennsylvania Railroad Station in town, where we climbed on board several cars of a very long passenger train that was specially reserved to take us all to D.C. In reality, the Pennsylvania Railroad had simply commandeered some of their regular commuter cars and taken them out of service for the day, so that all of us students and teachers could use them for our field trip. Well, as my brother-in-law, the middle school teacher, often said, students of that age tend to be rather wild, crazy, and squirrely. And we were no exception. I don't remember much about the sights that we saw that day in Washington, but I do remember on the train ride back when they fed us all boxed lunches of cold chicken, somehow things soon degenerated into a massive food fight. Yeah. 
Now, as you may know, these being commuter rail cars, where the seats are designed to be reversible so they can be turned around when the schedule changes from morning rush hour to evening return trip, it wasn't long before some of our more clever passengers discovered how to make this particular seat adjustment. But instead of doing it in a polite and genteel manner, since we were wild and crazy junior high students, this turned into a free-for-all. All over the train, seatbacks suddenly began flipping back and forth, taking the kids in front of or behind us totally by surprise. In fact, one of my friends, Biff, was the unfortunate victim of one of these moves, getting whacked in the head big time. As Biff stumbled out of his seat into the aisle, totally dazed, one of the roaming teachers in our car suddenly leaped into action. All right. Since he just so happened to serve as basketball coach in his spare time, he luckily still had a tin whistle and a lanyard around his neck, which he began blowing feverishly to get everyone's attention. I think he also figured this was just like a rowdy crowd at a basketball game. So he did what came naturally and began calling for a timeout. Eventually, as the adrenaline wore off and an exhaustion set in, we all calmed down and settled back into our seats. The rest of our trip home turned out to be rather uneventful, with many of us actually dozing off to sleep, dreaming of Capitol Domes, White Houses, Lincoln Memorials, and other such famous landmarks. You know, after that doozy of a class trip, I think our local Board of Education decided that enough was enough and no more trips were to be planned ever again. And that was that. Our class was truly the bad apple that spoiled the whole barrel. <laughs> You've been listening to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm Tom Nielsen. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on buzzsprout.com, Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.